There is no joy in Mudville, for Mighty Morb has struck out. Mighty Morb? What? It's Morbin time. I am so completely lost. Morbius. Oh, yeah. Morbius? The Sony film. Yeah. Superhero. Yep. Jared Leto. Yes. It, never gonna. She's never going to jump in. She doesn't know. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't know. It came back to theaters on the strength of a meme-in campaign. Are you serious? It came out on digital. It began. People began rightfully making fun of it. Yeah. But uh, Sony executives don't understand the internet and what that is. And so they went, holy crap, Morbius is trending. We have to get it back on a thousand screens this last weekend. Are you serious? They did. It made $85,000. Is that a lot for one weekend? I mean, I guess that's not too bad, but I mean... Are they, did they make their money back and then some? Was it a good idea uh, to put it back in theaters is what I'm asking. <laughs> she doesn't know math either. No. <clears throat> $85,000 uh-huh. divided by 1000 is 85 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, never mind. I guess it is pretty simple math when you sit and actually think about it. So there's $85 per divided screen. Divided by... Let's say, hmm, $12 a ticket. Yeah. That means that on average, out of those thousand screens, yes. they sold seven tickets for each screen. Oh, my God. That is oh my God, Sony. abysmal. Yeah. Why? They need younger people working at Sony or hipper people or something, somebody who gets the internet. We have talked, or how email works, or how yeah. Tech Mutter works. Yeah. We have talked about Sony in the past. Yeah. And how they should just move on. They are out of touch. Dot org. Yeah. Just sell it. You're always going to have... It doesn't really cost you anything. They're just spending CD money. They they have more money than God. They yeah. They will never... You know, their technologies, their, their appliances, their patents. They don't... They are doing this for fun. This is like yeah. a rich guy who... Is this a thing? A uh, rich guy who like enters a golf tournament, you know, and like finishes like 20 over... Right. In last place. But he's like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, yeah, it's a good walk. Uh, it's had fun. Right. 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 Like they are just, they are dilettantes. They are just doing this for fun. But unfortunately, they own Spider-Man. <laughs> They're going to need to give that back. I, yeah, I'm worried about <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, like they want to throw, they want to make Morbius a thing. I, I don't know. Like. I don't know. Spider-Man has survived worse. Spider-Man has true. survived the inclusion of Dane DeHaan, the marble-mouthed star of the film that we're talking about on the show today. Oh, this is the yeah. Just Enough Show podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. And not only do we talk about the all the morbid news that's fit to morb, <laughs> but we uh, also have a Patreon. We do. Andre the Giant has a posse. We have a Patreon. Yes. And every month we allow our Patreon, allow, we welcome our Patreon users to vote on a movie. And this month, kind of continuing from our theme from last month, yes. is May Flowers. I know it's not May. We were a little bit late, but... Uh, That's okay. We, we had a lot of stuff going on. We're doing it now. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, our May movie, May Flowers, we put the choice to our patrons to choose between two flower-related movies. Yes. Adaptation, mm-hmm. the uh, Charlie Kaufman, Nicolas Cage movie. Yes. Uh, about the process of adaptation, mm-hmm. also the nature of art, uh, and he's playing twins Yeah. Uh, in a movie where 
he, one of his, the twins is is writing a movie about somebody playing like all three parts in like a movie or something like uh-huh. that. So it's like, okay, Charlie Kaufman, dang, some of us have to get up in the morning. <laughs> and uh, 2017's Tulip Fever. Yep. A Tom Stoppard penned uh, historical romance based on a book. Yep. And that's what they picked. That, yep. And that's what they're going to get. That you got it. And that's possibly what they deserve. So um. talking about Tulip Fever on the show today. Starring Dane DeHaan uh, from uh, Billy Joel's Stomping Grounds, right? Allentown. Is that right? No, I don't know. Why does he sing? Why does Billy Joel sing about Allentown? Anyway, I have no from idea. Allentown, PA, but super Dutch last name. Is that how he got hired? That's my question. That is a great question. Um, if you've got because... Alicia Vikander, it's like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Dane DeHaan. All right. Hey, what's, what's up? I'm going to be in this movie. It's like, oh, whoa. Wait a minute. Can you do an accent? Yes, I can do an accent. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe this did, is fine. Did they do maybe acting auditions with each other to before they were cast? I don't know. I don't man. want to get into it too soon. No, but I know. She's got an Oscar, and I got a question. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you can't tell from this movie. Sometimes you Why? see actors in movies, and you're like, this person has an Oscar. Why she, why she got an Oscar? Yeah. Uh, um, she's a robot. Uh, what else? Um, she knows the right people. She's married to the Dutch, or, the Danish girl, the Dutch girl, Danish girl. Uh, Danish girl. It is I a think. Danish girl. That's literally why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which. Um, I, I don't know, but like judging from this movie, you would not guess that. You know who's in the Danish years. girl? Who? Amber Heard. Okay. <laughs> it's all connected. Oh, it's Amber all Heard. connected. Yeah. Please stop dumping on Amber Heard. That's it's that's my little short all PSA. Connected. You know who else is in The Danish Girl? Who? Ben Wishaw. Okay. I know that name. Uh, Q from the most recent James oh, Bond films. Oh, okay. And the ladies love him and he's like, I don't, thank you. I don't like ladies. And they're like, we love you anyway. We don't care. Yeah, sure. He's 41. Okay. And he looks about a million. He looks great. No, he looks a million. Oh, he looks a million? <laughs> He's in you some think? new show about being a doctor or something. This is going to hurt. And he just looks, he looks like Hugh Laurie in House. Really? <laughs> just, I, I guess it's been a while since I've seen him because I like. Know. He um, was real cute for a long time. He was. And, uh. I don't know. Maybe he's just getting more kind of rumpled now, but it's uh, not like the makeup for the show, I feel like is the it? Wheels there. Nope, it's his face. <laughs> okay, okay. So he that's, Mickey Rooney did, uh, is that's what you're saying? Just his face. What? Didn't Mickey Rooney like? Wasn't he like super cute for a while, and then he's like... always been cute. He just, if you take a a, a doll, yeah, um, I'm talking about like a doll for girls or boys. Action and figure. And then you, you know, let this leave the doll out in the rain for 40 years. Uh, it's still going to have doll features and proportions, but it's not going to look quite, quite as good. That's that's your Mickey Rooney. Okay. All right. I've thought about this. You you have. As a baby face who is, is staring down the barrel of uh, Ben Wishawism, oh, I've thought about Stop it. Thought about this quite a bit. But you yeah, still look great. We're talking about, don't believe her, listeners, <laughs> don't trust her. Let him die. Oh uh, we are talking about the tul- no, tulip fever. Tulip it's not fever. the tulip fever. Just no. tulip fever today. Before yes. we do that, what's up? Uh, what is up? I am rereading 1984. Oh, she's always ready for the good. Okay, now I got to yeah. something. All yeah. Right. 1984. Good. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy how it is still relevant. 
You know, <laughs> I'm I'm being serious because it was that's like, what I hear. I hear that like woke cancel culture is 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 like 1984. It's like Big Brother watching well, you. Well, I mean, it was written like shortly after World War II, and it's still like a lot of the themes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's still like. And like, just yeah. it's I, I don't know like some of the terms that are in it we are are in our vernacular or like are in our speech we say them a lot, you know like thought police. Yeah, the thought police. Yeah, uh, which is a terrifying idea in and of itself. You know, you don't want people to, you don't want to think that your thoughts can get you in trouble. It reminds me. Unfortunately, I've run into this recently. Mm. Um, so literally, I'm going to talk about what I'm into. Yes. And it's going to feed back into what you're into. Good. Uh, I am playing through all of the Assassin's Creed games uh-huh. in chronological order of release. Dear God, why? Because I'll be talking Laser about. lunch hour? Shut up. Or? <laughs> I'll be talking about. Uh, I'll be talking about them uh, on an episode, an upcoming episode far in the future. Uh, of um, backtracking my uh, ah. podcast, where my co-host Gooey Fame and I talk about the inspirations behind classic Star Trek episodes, but sometimes that gets a little uh, esoteric, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like um, you can have an episode where um, the Enterprise incident is an episode where the Enterprise gets caught behind enemy lines, and it's going to be a big political incident. And it was based on a real life incident, mm-hmm. um, I think called the, the Pueblo incident. Okay, um, but it's also like reminiscent of like the U2, you know, uh, uh, crash and, and, okay. and that sort of thing. Um, so sometimes it's very specific. Sometimes it's very general or we like to make it general. And sure. so Gooey has this idea about like, <laughs> about how <laughs> uh, some of the funnest or most fun Star Trek episodes are just hanging out with famous people. Well, that's true. And so th- there's a two-parter for, or no, I think it's just one part. Uh, for Voyager, where uh, Catherine Janeway hangs out with uh, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. And so we're going <laughs> to, for some reason, we're playing all of the, at least I am, I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> playing all of the Assassin's Creed games. Um. Okay. All right. Well, he shows up in that, too. famous people. Yeah. So whoever right. you are, you're like, I am the, the, the voice of the assassins, and nothing is true. Everything is permitted. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, I'm Abraham Lincoln. Oh, well, make sure you kill him real good. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So the reason, the reason I bring that up is because I'm being confronted with the fact on backtracking that there are a lot of famous books that I take for granted, that I think a lot of people take for granted, that I have not read. And sure. as a yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, avid reader, a fast reader, and a completionist, I have read a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, the worst thing that ever happened to me uh, happened to me in high school, and that was I got a five on the AP English exam, uh. which meant that I took no as a, a, a BS student, as a you know in the in the sciences, yeah. I took no literature classes at all. Very weird that I'm now a writer and a and a broadcaster and a, and yeah. a critic, um, and a lot of that is just like uh, me trying to. I, who knows how my life would be different if I had? Mm-hmm. But so there's a lot of things that I just haven't read. So I didn't. I've never read Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, I've never read 1984. Okay. I've never read a lot of the stuff that you would probably get. Um, I don't know either late high school or, or early college. Yeah. And the reason that I bring it all up is because I need to read 1984. You do. And I bet I could beat you if I started now. You probably could. And I'm a slow reader. I need to, I need to know how important it is because it's possible that it's maybe too poisoned that well. 
she poisoned at this point. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. The idea of the thought police is a powerful idea. Yeah. Nobody look, listened. And it's too late. We live in the 2020s. Yeah. And that, that idea has been completely co-opted by people who absolutely yeah. want to police your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, if not your, your entire body. Yeah. Where your thoughts live. And I, it's kind of useless. And also, the thing about Orwell is, man, he didn't like uh, communism, communism very much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so, uh, and look, uh, you know, we have not had, um, unfortunately, um, some great examples of uh, communism in the 20th century. But uh, yeah. it's definitely um, doesn't mean that capitalism is right by default. No. Um, and I think he, he definitely, um, you know, talks about the evils of capitalism within the book as well. Uh, um, nobody ever preaches those parts. No, I know. And, but he definitely does not. There's no love lost between the Soviet Union, what is, you know, supposed to be the Soviet Union in the book. So, um, Well, I mean, he basically essentially was writing about British fascism. He was. Uh, which, yes. <laughs> again, nobody listened. And I that know. did just fine. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So, so. Uh, anyway, yeah. Check out Backtracking at, at Backtracking, B-A-C-K-T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G on Twitter. If you want to listen to us talk about hanging out with famous people. Sounds oh, like fun. Oh, look out, everybody. Oh, it's Renoir. <laughs> He's like, all right, take your clothes off. Have some lunch. Oh, my. Whoa. Uh, it's a painting. <laughs> Are you going to talk about Abraham Lincoln on, on Star Trek? We did already. I, I was going to say. <laughs> we talked about the Savage Curtain, the Abraham yeah. Lincoln episode. Yeah. Which is, it was, it's a weird, it's a weird take, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> What's uh, what's the take? I don't like how he talks to Uhura, and she's oh, just like boy. totally cool with it. I'm like, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, but words don't hurt, you see. And the funny thing is, I, I've already given him, you know, this leeway. We talked about the Savage Curtain and paired it with Bill and Ted, which, yeah. if anything, yeah. is the one. ultimate hanging out with famous people. Thing. It is. It is. So. This is hanging out with famous people, going, at least part two. Going back to the trough. Yeah, that's okay. It sounds like a fun episode, so I'm looking forward to that. So anyway, hundreds of hours of gameplay in my future. Let's talk about the news. Well, I mentioned before the, the name that is not to be spoken, but yeah, uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial wrapped up. Uh, and yeah. the whole thing is a, a giant mess, um, is a giant uh, a miscarriage surprise. of justice. And, uh, you know, at least we don't have to hear about it anymore. But I've heard, and it doesn't even make sense, and I've heard that her appeal will almost definitely succeed because of how nonsensical the the judgment is. Really? You know, in the judgment, it's judged that, yes, by not saying his name at all or referring to him in any way, she defamed him somehow. And then also he defamed her because of his efforts through his lawyer to, um, to insist that the whole thing was a hoax. Which it is not. That's what everybody forgets no. about this. That ruling came down, and also he was ruled that he lost in British court against uh, the Daily Mail or the Mirror or whatever it was. Yeah. Because everybody agrees legally that he beat the shit out of her. Yeah. So that's who we're praising here. That's who we're excited about winning. I think it's. And I, I gotta tell you, do you think that in the future it is more likely that an abused woman will speak out when? You speak out and you owe somebody $12 million? No. Yeah. I think it's way less likely. And it, it's it's incredibly infuriating. And I think that people just like him. 
they like they think that he is a good actor, so then they are inclined <laughs> to think that he is a good person. Yeah. Even though the two are not they don't mean the same thing. They're not the same thing. You could be a great actor and a horrible person. You could be a horrible person and a great actor or a bad actor. What? You can be the opposite of those things. You don't have to be, you're not necessarily, like, if you're a good actor, you're not necessarily a good person. That's all I'm trying to say. But, well, um, you can also be a bad actor and, and a bad person. Uh, and but her rights a... should be defended, no yes. matter whether or not she's good or bad. I agree. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's that's a mess. You know what's a, you know what's a mess? What? The Danish girl. Look at this thing. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne and Amber Heard and Ben Wishaw. And didn't I read that it's like, it's not really, I mean, it's based on the true story of, uh, yes. of what's her name? Um, nailed it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, uh, but they had it but be it's, played by Eddie Redmayne. It wasn't like. Well, I mean, yeah. What do you, I mean, what do you do? I know. But uh, yeah. So uh, Lily, I can't remember her last name though. Mm -hmm. uh, not Tulip, Lily. So anyway, um, that's all <laughs> we're going to say about that. Uh, and I guess updates as we uh, continue. Yes. In this waking life. <laughs> or will we continue at all once we learn that Raised by Wolves has been canceled? I want to throw a tantrum. This pisses me off. Speaking of Dutch so people. Bad. Yeah? Well, it's like shot in South Africa, right? Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that. That's right. Um, why? What the hell, HBO? What what is your problem? I am so pissed. I like it was so good. It was so different. It's so weird and out there. I bet it's expensive as hell. But were the ratings down the second season or something like Wouldn't that? Wouldn't you? I don't think the ratings have ever been up. Period. I thought that wouldn't it was you really agree well... that the second season kind of proved as a lot of second seasons do that they don't exactly know where they're going. I I know that, but I wanted <laughs> to see where they were going. Yeah, I was I, still I thought interested to yeah. see. I thought it was still well made, the second season, and yeah. entertaining, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I just like uh, the actors so much. Yes. Um, for the most part, I like the writing, even though I, I'll, you know, admit that it seems like, you know, in a lost fashion, a lot of it's kind of made up as they go. Mm. But I'm willing to just, yeah, just play jazz, you know, and I'll, yeah. just, I'll just watch. So, uh, Scott Free is obviously uh, trying to shop it to another platform. Yes, I heard about I would that. be happy about just, like, give him 90 minutes to just to kind of wrap it up. Seriously? Yeah. Movie. Sure. Yeah. Two seasons and a movie. Yeah. That's fine. Well, that's the whole thing about this streaming thing, right? Is that it, I'm sure it only really exists anyway in streaming. I'm sure it aired it on HBO, but they're, the streaming audience is what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And streaming lives in this weird place where I think people think that it, of it as still inferior to broadcast or but cable in this end. case. They should end. Right. But unless you're a Stranger Things, unless you're making the big numbers... Um, yeah. then it's like, oh, whatever. And so you'd think, well, they're never going to get a movie or another season because clearly the show costs a lot. Like, it's a yeah. very expensive show. Right. But yeah, but then you spend more money promoting it, it. <laughs> so yeah. people know about this cool show. Yeah, I agree. Don't yeah. just give up on it. I, I heard that the actor who plays Father was trying to get people excited about it on social media. Speaking of everything being connected, he yeah. is the uh, voice and motion capture actor behind Bayek of Siwa, the hero of Dragon, whoops, not Dragon, Assassin's Creed Origins. You told me that. That's so cool. Yeah. I like him a lot. I think he's a fantastic actor. And well, I, you know, if nothing else, I really hope that all the actors on the show get to go on and do other 
really cool things because I think they're all really great. Even Me the kids. Me too. Maybe they'll get to star with Dane DeHaan someday. Oh, Well, boy. I said Dragon Age and I'm, you know, it's it's organic because the first Dragon Age game is called Dragon Age Origins for no good reason. Uh-huh. Of course, I was talking about Assassin's Creed Origins. But I do have Dragon Age news. It was announced recently that the new Dragon Age, Dragon Age 4, mm-hmm. will be titled Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Oh, that sounds exciting. Um do we have any other news? Is there a trailer or anything? Well, it won't come out this year. <laughs> Here is the name. Dun-dun-dun. Okay. Yep. All right. There is a trailer insofar as it's just like, you know the world. You love the story. It's an age full of dragons. Yeah. Dragon Age. Dreadwolf. Okay. Uh, Any predictions? If Yes, I think it's going to be about the Dreadwolf. So okay. if you don't know, and I won't bore I you if you don't care, but Dragon Age is one of the most... Highest earning successful games of all time. Yeah. Dragon Age, the last one, three, was called Dragon Age Inquisition. And it's a sweeping game. It was probably, I think, the best Dragon Age game. Sorry, Origins. Uh, Two's not in the conversation. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That's the problem. They made made it Dragon Age 2. People hated it. They're like, we're never doing numbers. Our mistake yeah. was numbers. No, no numbers. The Inquisition. numerals. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No integers. Yeah. Um, so in so it's a big sweeping story. A lot of important things happen in it that kind of tell this meta story. And then they released some DLCs. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, DLC, it's a little extra new items or just a little extra bit. But they had a DLC that basically turned the entire franchise and the world of the franchise like on its head. Okay. And revealed some big things that I won't necessarily... Um, spoil here, but okay. Dreadwolf is the name of a character that is part of some of those big changes. And so they are just saying here that they are doubling down on you know, what they introduced in the last DLC. Okay. Well, that's what the cool. story will be about going forward. Uh, are you excited about this news? I don't know when I'll have a single moment to play it, but I am excited. Well, it's not coming out this year, so you don't have to worry 2023. about... Um, Probably 2024. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about it interfering with your Assassin's Creed playback because you'll be done with that by the time uh, it comes out. Here's hoping. You'll make time for it. I know you will. Here's hoping. So, yeah. Uh, in other video game news, a lot of video game announcements recently. All right. Um, let's do it. They had the uh, Warhammer Skulls, which is like, guys, yeah. you're at a 10. <laughs> <laughs> What's your event called? Skulls. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's freaking Warhammer. It's our follow-up to Guts. What do you want? Uh, you know, last year's event. Yeah. Uh, they announced five different Warhammer games. Jeez, that's so span much. All genres. There's a, uh, a, a a turn-based strategy game that's coming out, uh-huh. a first-person shooter that's coming out, a yep. four-player uh, battle royale game that's coming out. Uh, uh, Is there a role-playing game? Yeah, more of a role-playing game. Um, of course, Space Marine 2. So a lot of uh, 40K stuff coming out. Yeah. And uh, Sony also had a state of play where they announced uh, lots of stuff. Uh, Street Fighter VI, uh, which, which had been announced, but they gave you know, more background. Got it. Um, and Stray, which has now been announced to be coming out on July 19th of this year. Yay, around my birthday. That's exciting. Stray is a video game that we've been gotten our eye on for a while. It's, yes. Uh, it looks, it's a cat in a cyberpunk. That's all I know. I'm excited about it. <laughs> That's I think all it anybody looks, knows. <laughs> I think it looks really cute, even though you have remarked that the the cat does not really look like a cat. Well, no, I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. It, it's a little 
well, you had a really great descriptor for it, but it, it's a little uncanny valley, I think. But uh, but on, on Sailor Noob, you mentioned something else. We, yeah, so you're not going to trick me into doing your work for you. Uh, it's funny because it, um, is it the fact that you don't, we, uh, I, you know what, uh, human, here's a human face. Ready? Yeah. Circle, dot, dot, line. Yes. We can just put that on there. We can empathize with that yeah. shape. It's a face. Yes. I'm not sure animals are... Well, they, I guess they kind of are because like cartoons and things like that. But I don't know. They're trying to make a photorealistic cat and I can tell yes. it's not a photorealistic cat. It's like a cat with like a human face almost. No, no. You're trying to do my bit still and oh. I refuse to follow you down. Oh, okay. All right. You, fine. You, you second hand my bits. I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't I was trying so. to hand it off to you. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, speaking of video games, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order a lot recently. Yes. And good news and bad news. Of Uh-oh. course, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, or maybe yes. just Obi-Wan, yeah. is out. Yes. And it is kind of crossing over with Fallen Order. Uh, hmm. A group of people. So Fallen Order is set in between the uh, original trilogy and the, the sequel trilogy. Okay. Is that correct? I have no idea. I don't know either. Um, no, it's set between the prequels and the original trilogy. Nobody cares about the. Okay, <laughs> the I got trilogy. you, JJ. Um, <laughs> and there is a group of um, a new group of characters that we haven't seen before called the Inquisition. They work for the Empire, yes. and it's their job to hunt down uh, Jedi's, uh, mm-hmm. any Jedi's that escaped Order sixty six. And mm-hmm. so now you've got a, a character in uh, Obi Wan. Uh, yes. Who is uh, is one of these uh, these inquisitors? Yes. It's yeah. A character that's exciting. Played by actress Moses Ingram, mm-hmm. who has received uh, insane and intense racist attacks against her. Yeah. Uh, simply for being alive. Which I don't get, like at all. I feel like you know what I feel like it is. I, I think that the vitriol gets passed on to POCs who are women in Star Wars because I feel like POCs who are men don't get this as much. Like um Samuel L. Jackson was in the the prequels. Nobody was upset about that. I and they shouldn't be. Um I don't understand why people are, are upset about this. You know, because she's a, a, a quote unquote bad guy because she works for the dark side. I don't understand. And they're like fascists. What I don't understand. I just I literally what I love I don't slash hate about your mind is that you unfettered by logic try to make <laughs> connections between things. And I don't think that it There is no connection. No, there is no connection. It's stupid are, and horrible. Star Wars fans are the worst. And yeah, they are why? racist and sexist. Uh, you might recognize this actress, Moses Ingram, from uh, The Queen's Gambit, where she played the only black person oh, in that show. Oh, I didn't know that was she her. She also played uh, Lady Macduff in uh, the recent Denzel Washington-fronted tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yes. Okay, great. Um, no, she was she's great in Queen's Gambit, even though she's... No, she's small. Not. No? She's not bad. That character's just ridiculous. It's just like... That character was ridiculous. I don't know if that character re- exists in Walter Tevez's uh, famous white Book. guy that writes about white people. Yeah. Uh, but she was just designed to sort of like, well, it's the 70s. Something fun's got to be happening. So what if she's like... Cleopatra Jones comes in in her like Mustang. And yeah. It's like, yeah, all right. I mean, I don't mean to be the guy that says like, we shouldn't add color to this. But like, it's not... Reasonably. It's not saying anything. She's not no. really there to... I mean, what is it saying? 
This is a story about a bunch of white people playing chess, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, you know. And... Admi- honestly, like, oh, boy, I hope long-legged, beautiful uh, uh, chess player makes it yeah. in this world. I know. Rewrite the entire thing and have it be like a black female chess player trying to survive sure. in like the 70s of chess. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Instead of just a female player. Yeah. yeah. Make her the main character. Yeah. I think that could have worked for sure. It would have made more sense than what they did. But Speaking of like companies not knowing what they've got. Yeah. A lot of people have said that about Netflix where they don't, they don't have no idea. Well, I think that if that's If you come true. in and you go, I've got an idea. They go, stop right there. Here's $100 million. Come back when you got the show done, right? Yeah. They just pay for anything. And so they don't understand what why something succeeds so they can then capitalize on that. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, people complain about how Stranger Things has gone down in quality or, or whatever, but yeah. people still show up. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Queen's Gambit, I think Queen's Gambit took them way off guard. Queen's Gambit was huge. And was. I think that they had no idea and didn't even believe it like while it was being huge. I agree. To the point where I know that there's like – it's a book and there's no more story, but why, that, when has that ever stopped anybody? Make a Queen's Gambit more. season two. Now she's in, it's yeah. the 80s, you know, and she's doing yeah. coke. She's doing coke and, and playing chess. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yes. Just make something up. I agree. Too late. You've lost this actress. She is now a famous Hollywood star. Yeah. And you'll never catch her again. But yeah. you had her then. You, you totally, you had her. And you you get the little kid her. in the cowboy hat back, though. Oh, for sure. You, can, you can get, get everybody him. else back, probably. The Harry but, Potter kid. Yeah. Was he Harry Potter? He was definitely so. in Game of Thrones. Uh, he was Jojen Jingjong. Okay. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I, I don't know if it was Harry Potter or not, but okay. Could have been both. Um, but yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, yeah, they don't understand what they've got. And I and the thing is, like, Stranger Things, like, people are, like, so excited about it. And I've seen, like, people wearing the, the Hellfire Club shirts and stuff like that. And it's like, okay – um, it's still a thing. People are, and people are asking me, uh, cause they know I'm a nerd. Like, oh, are you watching Stranger Things? And I'm like, what's the Hellfire Club? They're, they call them, they're calling themselves the Hellfire Club this season or something like that. Or they have t-shirts that says Hellfire Club. What, if yeah. I was Disney, I would just go, um, get right there, get them. Or maybe, maybe the Duffer Brothers finally found the, they, the here's the what loophole. they do. Yeah, they find a loophole because there is a real life Hellfire Club. Yeah. And so technically, if Disney's going to try to press their trademark, yeah. the X-Men characters, yes. the Hellfire Club, then we get into a whole thing there where that could be their defense. Yeah. And so at this, in this case, Disney's just like, you got us. I don't think they oh, mentioned X-Men. Savor the flavor. It yep. won't happen again. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, the Defer Brothers are just like, oh, you know what? People know that we're hacks, I guess, because we stole yeah. like the entire... Uh, was it the second or the third season where that somebody sued them and were like, uh, this is... I, think I just it was the second season. Yeah, like they bring like young writers in and go, what do you got? Oh, interesting. We'll call you. Did you get all that? Yeah. Okay, let's start writing it down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> For a lot of reasons other than I think that yeah. it's just creatively uh, bankrupt and possibly harmful. Speaking of being possibly harmful, Ezra Uh-oh. Miller, still the Flash... And yes. there's no real story here, but it, the talk has now begun, oh, at least among Hollywood insiders, really? of how does Warner Brothers get themselves out of this thing? I feel here's a th- I have a lot of complicated feelings about Ezra Miller. Um, 
because I my heart goes out to them in a way, you know, because I feel like they're struggling and that they're this is a call for help. But at the same time, gosh, like the, I feel like there has to be somebody. I don't know who to be upset with. Well, Warner know? Brothers certainly knows what it's like to be, as far as they're concerned or what they say, in too deep on something yeah. to just keep going with it, right? Yeah. And so uh, only recently did we finally get uh, Mads Mikkelsen uh, drinking, yes. drinking a polyjuice potion. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Speaking of which, Ezra Miller, still in those films. I know. And so... Uh, Apparently, the Flash is just there. They feel like they're too invested. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you want to be the company that has like a serial, you know, assaulter, abuser yeah. as the head of your thing, um, I think you're going to I think you're going to get what you what you get. Maybe they were waiting I for the result. Maybe they're waiting for the result of the Depp trial. And they're like, oh, no, people are still behind Johnny Depp. So. That's that's really. I hope that that's not true because. Um, well, I mean, like, I know you can, re- you can reverse apologies potion. I know that. Yeah, I I've mean, seen those dumb movies. Yeah, I know. That's how Barty Crouch Jr. Uh, disguised himself at. Oh, anyway. What? <laughs> There's no point in me stunting on my Harry Potter knowledge when you don't even know. So who cares? Uh, I I don't know how to respond to that, but. Um, I guess those movies just like I washed over me and I watched them and then I forgot so them. David Tennant played Barty Crouch Jr. Oh, that's right. <sighs> okay. Um, well, see, some people say, and you've said this, and I'd like to give you credit, but I'm not going to. I just think it makes sense that maybe we just give. All right, Grant, you're up. That's what I think. You're up, buddy. I think that's the logical thing to do. And I think he's a great actor at the very least he's a very great flash and i think he would do an excellent job in the films <laughs> watched two seasons out of 300 i've watched probably maybe he becomes a bad that. flash later isn't every single maybe. thing on that show barry don't oh. yes <laughs> now we've got a yes. now we've got a conflict cuz barry did something dumb yeah well if barry did something dumb it's different than grant doing something dumb so you know yeah grant don't do leave all your dumb leave things for barry leave all your dumb things yeah. for barry except for yes. that show's over now so maybe he's like i got to keep doing dumb things <laughs> choke well there you go he's available <laughs> just starts choking somebody no stop it <laughs> Uh, shall we talk about, uh, we were talking about Star Trek, or excuse me, Star Wars before. Careful. Let's bring it on back and talk a little more about Star Wars and the fact that, uh, so here's the deal. Hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor has come out and defended his co-star. That's good. Okay. But so, speaking of Star Trek, so has the actor behind Captain Pike. Yes, I saw that. Strange New Worlds. Yes. Show. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anson Mount. Anson Mount. Yes. Has said, hey, leave her alone. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. He said it as best Captain Pike, though, right? (laughs) Like, you know, like we're all part of the universe and all this stuff. And And then he made everybody eggs. Yeah, right. In the the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the zaddy that he is. So... I learned it from watching you. She's trying. She's trying some stuff out here. I am. I want to talk qu- uh, really quick about the fact that uh, this last week was the 40th birthday of the Wrath of Khan. Star Trek wow. II: The Wrath of Khan, the movie that okay, quote so unquote saved Star Trek. 
all right. Yeah, that's right. It, I remember. Okay. Um, do you think it saved Star Trek? I mean, it is a fantastic film, and it is kind of like, are they doing anything special for the 40th anniversary? It's like, already come and gone. Oh. It came out um, in limited release in some theaters, I think. Didn't it? Um, did, they, did they re... Yes. It did save Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. They should have remastered it like they remastered the first Maybe film. Maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Is your life different because you don't know? Yes. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. No, it's 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 fine. It probably but, did save yeah. Star Trek, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I think that something you know it's it's we can all do a you know 40 year old uh, quarterbacking armchair quarterbacking they would have done something if it hadn't been wrath of khan it I might have been so. something else yeah what the the question that i ask is you know it's it is so good and it set the tone for you know what people would consider a good uh tos film to be everybody talks yes. about the um the uh, even a number or the odd numbered curse. The odd yes. numbers are the bad ones. The odd numbers are the ones that Nicholas Meyer didn't work on. I know. So I think you could probably just say Nicholas Meyer saved Star Trek. You think you um, could? And if he had not, if Star Trek Two had been by somebody else and not as good as Star Trek Wrath of Khan, I don't know. I, people were into space stuff. It was the eighties. Yeah. I, they probably Star Trek probably would still be okay, right? Probably. It probably wouldn't have had such a high run of quality in their films for as long as they did. Well, and I think... Into Darkness. One reason... Yeah. I think one reason why Wrath of Khan is so good is it has such a good villain. You know? And he's so interesting in his relationship with... A villain. With yeah. A story should have a villain, A story it? should have a villain. about this movie. I know. Hayden Christensen says that he'd be down for a Darth Vader spinoff show. And it's like... Dude, dude, nobody asked. The entire franchise is your spinoff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you got nine movies that are about you. What are you talking about? But he's not in them, you know. Yeah. He, he hates. Well, sand. we can fix that. Yeah. Wow. Well, stick him in the just volume. Stick him in. Yeah. I mean, he's probably excited that he got asked to do the Obi Wan show, which is great. Um, but like, just be chill dude is all i have to say i get well I mean, he is he's totally chill um yeah. and i think that you know i think a lot of people it's so weird because we all sat and watched those oh, terrible movies and now the prequels yeah. yeah and now a bunch of millennials are trying to convince everybody that they're really good they're not whatever we thought they were when they initially came out i did anyways but like that's how delusion works yes but the point is is that he I'm sure, like a lot of people, walked away thinking, "That's not not doing that again, right?" Mm -hmm. Me and my buddy Ahmed are we're out of here, right? Uh, and then he didn't do anything for like 20 years, yeah. Uh, and now he's like, "Oh, great!" So whoever they've got, whether it's Kathleen Kennedy or, or whoever they have that like approaches these, because like yeah. Ahmed Best, he was hosting the, or has that happened yet? He was going to host the uh, Star Wars game show. Oh, and he's a guy who's like, "I wanted to kill myself. That's how bad." It was for my career being Jar Jar, oh and my gosh. but he's back. Hayden Christensen really? is back. Um, they got Liam Neeson, kind of, you know, for the for a voice role on uh, on Clone Wars or whatever. Really? It was. So like they <laughs> must. I don't know if it's like I said. I don't know if it's like Kathleen Kennedy giving you a call or just like a team of people that are just like, what do you need from us? You know, we need that magic. We need you back. Remember all those good times? Remember when you were out in the yeah. desert and you were going, you're like making your little. Boobadoo ride and you're 
and you're saying uh, the negotiations will be short and whatever. You know, remember that? Don't yeah. you want that again? I also, mean, beep, beep, beep. Here's the truck with the money. I think, yeah. Yeah. The well, truck mean, with the money. How much helps. you have to pay Hayden Christensen, though? Probably, Probably not, not that much. That much. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Hayden. But yeah. A couple of Sizzler coupons. Yeah. I bet I bet they do get I meat. bet his family's rich. Doesn't he look rich? Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. You just look at him and you're like, yeah, he's a rich kid. Yeah. I hate sand. Of course you do. Um, uh, yeah. Rich kids always hate sand. <laughs> it's all over their butler's feet when they, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if Kathleen Kennedy came out and did the sweet talking for for some of those. I would not be surprised in the least. Born in Vancouver. Vancouver? Vancouver. Vancouver. Vancouver, British Columbia, to a, an American speech writer and a Canadian p- computer programmer and communications executive. I mean, spent, probably Spent doing summers okay. on Long Island okay, and attended the Actor Studio yep, in New rich, York. All right, screw Rich. Yeah, F rich. you. F you. Yeah. <laughs> Or at the very least had um, opportunities. Coming, these Canadians coming to our shores and taking away our jobs and our Rachel and our Rachel Bilsons. What? Is that he who was, he's married to? Yeah. Well, okay. he was for a while. Okay. Uh, I don't know who that is. So. The OC. Oh, okay. I'm not super familiar with the OC. So. They were in Jumper together. Oh, I didn't watch that. Because oh. <laughs> it was a bad movie. I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come back. 90% of podcasts are about TV shows and 10% aren't. But yeah. you're on one of the 90s that are. I know, but I've I've never seen Jumper and I've, I didn't really watch the OC. So, sorry. I didn't watch the OC and I know who Seth what? and... And creamy, and uh, I know that Chris Pratt got his start on it, as oh, Olivia Wilde did too. You I know all these things. Speaking of Chris Pratt, I saw what a, you say. I saw a post recently. He was on something promoting the Jurassic World, and he had like a green blazer on and a black shirt. And somebody was like, "Ooh, somebody's channeling Mamoru Chiba," and I was like. Don't you, in what? my head, I was like, don't you even start. Because they were saying that getting, he looked like Memorial. Getting a little, little, yeah. little mixed up here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, he'll be on the Ahsoka show, which makes sense. Um, I'm not saying that they okay. shouldn't make an Ahsoka show, but that seems like like a stretch. I guess, well, the Mandalorian is kind of a stretch. I, it's probably be fine. I think it'll be fine. But the thing is, is that, and I've stopped watching these shows a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, they don't. There is no distinction between the shows. So, like the Boba Fett show just had an episode where the Mandalorian was just like the star of the show. Yeah. Right. And then they had one where like a computer named Luke Skywalker was the star of the show. Yeah. And it's like, well, then why'd you do a Boba Fett show? Why don't you just like call you it just Tales from the Star Wars Star Wars Universe or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, I feel really bad for for Boba Fett. Um, yeah. Oi, uh, uh, I'm a Tim, Tamura Morrison. Yes. I feel bad for him. They're like, you can have your own show, buddy, that you're in like three and a half episodes of. It's your show. And, and, and some of a... those, you'll be in a tube the whole time. Yeah, right. I was going to say, <laughs> because, in a water tank. Because, yeah. yeah, because I... <laughs> uh, it's going to be real fun. Only you are as sexy as Aiden Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> Flower man, flower man, when are you gonna go? 
Here's what this is missing, hmm. and it's not missing much because you can watch this movie yeah. on the Roku channel for free. Oh my gosh. They're giving this movie away. Yeah, it's ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa! <laughs> it's Tulip Fever, but they're missing one the, at the beginning of the thing. And yeah. who is it? Christoph Waltz, somebody in the movie, maybe gets oh Zach Galifianakis. You have a speech about how like men would kill for it. The the flower, the the, the petals are soft, but yeah. the money is hard. Oh it's my God. tulip fever. Oh my god. That's what they need. Instead they just have the one lady like going, Wow, here's the frame story. Maria. I'm gonna tell yeah. this whole story. Yeah. Sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, Oh, this was a really bad book. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Like so, uh, apologies to all of my author friends, but like most books kind of suck, right? Like most books get published. Uh, I always love it when I'm like, you know, and I do have friends that are authors and, and, and sometimes yeah. I, you know, um, IO9 or somebody is like, the 56 best sci-fi books you should check out this summer. It's like, there are too many books. And you're looking through it and you're like, so-and-so had a rocket ship and a dream. So-and-so, you know, his laser sword was got lost on the bus. So-and-so yeah. is a is a lady who's looking for, you know, love Romance. with a blue guy or something. Yeah. And you're just like, there's just too many books. I don't But every single one of these was green lit. Yeah. And when you're green lighting that many books, clearly you're not like going, well, this one is great because it's not like the others. You've got 56 books that are probably very similar and fit like an algorithm, if yeah. not picked by an actual algorithm. Yeah. And um, so th- that's some, yeah. So sometimes I watch a film and I go, the way this thing is playing out, the number of characters there are, the kind of connections they have for no discernibly good reason, this is clearly like somebody's book. Yes. Where they went, I've got to have 12 characters in this book because yeah. it's a sweeping historical book. Right. At any point, you could, you're Tom Stoppard. Yes. Um, Oscar-winning writer of Shakespeare in Love. I, I think, think so. he won an Oscar for that. I think so. At any point, you can say to the woman who wrote the book that you are co-writing the screenplay with, "Yeah, let's lose some characters. Yeah, we don't need every single character." I would agree. Because what that. this thing ends up feeling like is a Middle Ages crash. <laughs> you know, it feels like a film where. <laughs> There's no, there's there's kind of a morality, like a karma to it, but it's yeah. mostly just like 14 different characters whose lives yes. all intersect weirdly. And Cara Delevingne is there merely so she can buy the thing at the end yes. to give the guy the money. But that doesn't like matter because the whole point is like every, everybody loses here and everybody is going to, I don't know. Let's talk about Tulip Fever. What happens in Tulip Fever? Oh, my God. Um, so. Oh, my God. Indeed. I don't even know how to describe this. I, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> uh, so it takes place in Holland and they're obsessed with tulips and tulips. Basically, people bet on them. It's kind of like the stock market. And they bet on like what colors they're going to be and that sort of thing. Um, and that yeah, is the, I, I, I'm doing very basic. So that um, is very basic. <laughs> yes. Uh, also there is a, the, uh, the narrator, uh, Maria is a cook. Her mistress, Sophia, um, was, uh, is an orphan and she gets basically bought, uh, into marriage by Christoph Waltz's character. And, uh, she doesn't really care for him. Um, 
and then they're getting their he wants a he wants a baby especially a son they keep trying it it doesn't happen um and um so he thinks okay if i can't have a child to live on then like you know maybe i'll have a portrait done of me and my beautiful wife which i'm glad so, that they had to sort of like explain all that when like rich people just get portraits done yeah i know they're vain and they have money to burn i know but he's like i need to have a legacy and people yes. will see my painting and my beautiful life exactly like, all right like you don't have to over overwrite this like, like just get a picture done Exactly. So and then she falls in love with a painter. I was going to paint your picture. I know. I'm going to paint you. Peter Parker, I'm going to paint you. Like I said, he's he's like dollar store Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, man. If there's something, like, is there anything lower than a dollar store? <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> the 50 cent store. Yeah. Hey, dun, what's dun. in the money? Uh, okay. What? That's Nelly. That's no! okay. That's okay. No. <laughs> hey, Shorty, it's your birthday. Yes. We're gonna <laughs> That's what I meant. Party like it's a tulip. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so basically, they're sneaking around and having sex whenever he's not around. Um, but And then also in the meantime, her um, cook, Maria, is uh, in love with a fishmonger. And uh, he disappears and she gets pregnant. So then they cook up the scheme where... Uh, Sophia is going to say that she's pregnant and then she's going to pretend that Maria's baby is hers, but also she's going to, I, I guess I'm giving the whole movie away. Should I stop? Okay. Uh, um, she, she, we find out that she's going to say that she died because, um, her husband won't stop looking for her and she couldn't be with her lover unless he thought that she was dead. Why not? Yeah. That's. That's the movie. Did you know that Matthew Morrison is in this? Oh, no. Who is that? That's the guy from Glee. Um, there's a lot. Of, okay. I, there I are a lot of, of people from Glee. Pasty white guys in this. Yeah, there are. That are almost completely interchangeable. The guy from Rome is in this. Did you? Yes. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Alicia Vikander's in this. Dana yes. Han. Um, Tom Hollander. Okay. Who is. Um, uh, the doctor. Okay. Sorg. Yeah. Yeah, he was funny. Uh, Dr. Sorg. Uh, also, his uh, co star from The Thick of It, Joanna Scanlon, is in this. Just weirdly, she's just like, I'm the one other rich lady who has lines when all the other rich oh, ladies do. Oh, I recognized around. her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Judy Dench is in this. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, you, you kind of see like a lot of talent in this. Yeah. But you kind of see like maybe who's got like a good act, uh, agent and who doesn't. Yes. And like maybe nobody in this movie has a good agent. Here's something else that's kind of funny. This movie was kind of delayed for a bit. It was filmed in 2014 and it was delayed oh, until 2017. Wow. Yeah. It is the last Weinstein Company film. <gasps> oh. So speaking about the oh. bubble bursting, speaking oh. about the bloom being off the flower. Ooh. Yeah. When did the when did the whole Weinstein thing break? Around again? that time. Okay, yeah. that's unfortunate. So having it be like this story about like yeah, get the, get some titties in there and oh, they're and the, rubbing the, the flowers. Bloom in there. is off the flower and you know, the flowers <laughs> off the bloom and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about like the overt sexuality of the film. Okay, which doesn't yeah. really. I, I, why is it necessary? It's like it's not. 
tulip instinct. Like it, we get, you know what I mean? What's, <laughs> are we supposed to like identify with the characters and, and their struggle and like their their hopes and fe- fears and aspirations? Or is it like supposed to be like this sweaty thing where everybody's like pounding each other and like, like which, which is it? I think it's supposed to be the and first you th- one. Yeah, it was supposed to be the first one. But when mm-hmm. you think about, you know, who was pulling the strings and who was... Uh, you know, producing and, and probably encouraging things, and that person is Harvey Weinstein, like, yeah. then you think, oh, okay, obviously. I, I just... I wonder, Alicia Vikander must have a Harvey Weinstein story. Oh, God, probably. Um, that's gross. I don't want to think about it, but I bet she does. Um, I just... Uh, I did this, this... I like Shakespeare in Love. I feel like that um, hit a lot of similar notes way better than this. And I feel like this is very Romeo and Juliet-esque in a lot of ways because we've got, you know, oh, he thinks that she's dead, um, but she's not really, and and that sort of stuff like going on. and But he doesn't end up killing himself, thank goodness. But then she's weirdly like a nun at the end, and he's okay with that he's not mad at all and he doesn't try to talk to her or connect with her at all and then the movie is over <clears throat> yeah um this movie um ends 14 times uh it is terribly paced yeah and when the balancing act of having that shakespeare-esque comedy thing or in this case maybe a history play where we're gonna complete all everybody's arcs Yes. Normally you would like do that through the through a montage or yes. like cross cutting. Yes. This movie just individually completes everybody's arc. I would so agree. it's like, oh Cara Delevingne, we're wrapped on Kara, everybody. Yay. The half an hour of the movie left. Uh-huh. Oh, we figured out the baby thing. All right, good, good. Yes. Now we're gonna figure out Dane DeHaan's thing. All right, great. Now Alicia Vikander's running around. Okay, great. You know, it, it's just like it's so it's so it's not boring. It's so tedious. There you go. That's there's a, there's a, good, a Shakespeare that's a word. That's a good word for it. It's tedious. Mm-hmm. The way that it takes so much time to to finish all these things and can't find a way to collapse some of them so that mm-hmm. they are you know, we're popping off two things at once. Yeah. Or... Like when she goes back, yeah. she they they have ferreted her out. They've yes. spirited her away in this coffin. Yes. And she goes all the way back. Yes. To look in the window and see the guy holding the the daughter. Yes. And go, oh, I guess, I guess there's no place for me here now. I it's just know. like we could have that. That has to be a whole five minute scene, and it's like we could have got that she would have just felt that way. It also has no real staying power emotionally because. Very soon after that, he won't have that. Do- I mean, he will again, but like he then he almost right after that he learns that it's yes. no, that's real. Do you know? Yes. And then there's no real. I, I hate that the movie wants to have it both ways with him being like, oh, he's this old guy and he's gonna oh, his little soldier is gonna get in you or whatever. Yes, yeah, but gross. but also he's like one of the like nicest and kindest people in the film. Yeah. And so it sets you up like he's gonna go get his uh, AR fifteen. <laughs> There's a lot of d- double A's in Dutch. Yeah. Uh, that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> and do something bad, but he doesn't. He's just like, yes, I guess that makes sense. Yes, okay. <laughs> so there's no real big reveal. And like the, the maid, 
uh, we get that, I don't know, this movie has a problem with sluts, I think. Oh, God. But, like, we get that the maid is like, yeah, whatever, she's in love with this guy, he disappears, she's rightfully mad about that, has to, you know, potentially raise this child by herself. And then yes. she tries to blackmail Sophia. and so, like, but, right but she's the good guy, though, and the whole movie ends with, like, her... She gets rewarded. Yeah, with Christopher Waltz just giving her his house and just effing off. Yeah. And so they get to, like, live in this house and just raise a million kids, and it's just, there's just, like, there is no morality other than, oh, boy, don't, you want to get, get something in your tulip here, but watch out. Well, and then, like... <laughs> I, I couldn't. I I, it was supposed I, to be serious. I don't know if there's anything to say about this. Here's hey, all right. Let's let's reset. Uh, okay. Does Batman punch Two Face on in the bad side of his face? Isn't I, that just insult to injury? I don't know if he does. We're does gonna he? punch a guy in, in in his disfigured face. Well, we're maybe punch he, him in the in the nice half, right? You don't want to mess up the nice half. You're already you're messing up the part that's already messed up. Harvey, you you get this, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just gonna hit you on this side. Yeah, right. right yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody will notice the difference. Exactly. All right. All right. Exactly. All right. All right. Back to the movie. So okay. anyway, um, yeah, just like what? Who am I supposed to root for? Who Who do I, I care? Don't know. I have not actually seen Crash. Much all, like the classic Crash is terrible. Uh, Nineteen eighty four. Uh, you know, Moby Dick uh, and Crash. <laughs> uh, but I no. get that it's just like the whole point of it is, gee, it's a bit of racism. This is, this, we don't like it. That is the whole point. And then yeah. like everybody in it, it's kind of like, boy, I sure hate. Yeah. You know, Sandra Bullock's full character. Fill a word for, you know, what whoever here. Yeah. Um, I just don't. So so you don't like anybody and nobody cares. And it doesn't matter. And they're all dicks. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of, that's, they're all dicks. They are all dicks. I, I, and I don't. And it's trying to do 14 different things. It, it is. It's because trying it's to be trying, serious and it's trying to be funny. Well, it's trying to be. It's, yeah, it's. Yeah, exactly. Like a character like. Uh, like Dr. Sorg. Yes. Is like, should have his own movie. He was funny. <laughs> and him doing like, his, his scenes with uh, Christoph Waltz are like, this is a much better movie. Yeah, I know. Then we're back to the people who are just like, want to like get it on with each other. And yes. so you've got, it's it's a tragedy, but it's also supposed to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's also supposed to be, and I don't know how far the book goes into this, but like, it's supposed to be kind of digging into, you know, a runaway capitalism. because. Sure. Yeah. The tulip mania or the tulip fever yes. of the 17th century is like, you know, there's a reason that New York was called New Amsterdam. Like the Dutch owned mm. everything. Mm. And so this movie is really about, you know, they're trading like these tulip futures. Like you see these you yeah. know, the sort of auction scenes where they're just buying a certificate that says you will get 50 tulips in yeah. the future, we don't even have the tulips to meet the demand. Right. And so, and, the, the, and you're going to take those tulips and immediately sell them to somebody else. You yes. Know? It's like um, uh, GameStop memes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Oh. What? The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wall Street is called Wall Street because it was Wall Street, a, the, the Dutch name for the street that was built along the wall in the original fortifications of New Amsterdam. So this book is all, or the book slash movie is all about, it's a critique of capitalism. Yeah. And that is completely a painted backdrop. The movie does not even bother to get into that. I like the fact that they don't really drive it into you, but it is important to so many of the futures of the characters and what's going on in this. Absolutely. And it never even stops once to just like, like I said, have a scene where a guy's like, Here's the thing about tulips. You got to zoom, 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 you know, and like explain that like the tulips are like stocks. Mm-hmm. The tulips are like, you know, like these securities. Like this is all fake money. This isn't real. They, yeah. they, they're they so successful. They're so prosperous at this time that they are, 
have created this to- completely false economy. Mm-hmm. And at one point, a guy says, the bubble burst. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, did they call it a bubble? A bubble? <laughs> a bubble? <laughs> what did they call it in Dutch? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they say the bubble burst in this script because that's like, uh, I don't however many drafts yes. it took to like get all of the Harvey Weinstein saying, like, nobody cares about the, the economic part of it or whatever. Right, but right. like that's still there because it's all, you know, we are very familiar with bubbles bursting yes. uh, at this point mm-hmm. in, in history. Yeah. So it's like it could have – and I, I always want to see more, you know, anti-capitalist messaging. Like it, it could have been more of that. Well, but it it's really all pretty incidental anyway. incidental to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really come down either way. It's just like, oh, and then this happened and – And and it is a, a comedy of errors type yes. goof, goofballness yes. that ruins it in the first place. Yeah. Because beyond all odds and logic, Dane DeHaan – sells his bulb for a lot of money. He yeah, makes all he of his money and he's ready yeah. to go. And had the Cara Delvian is in it for no good reason other just to be that character who's like, I'll give you the money. Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah. Maybe, do I feel bad about robbing that one guy? I don't know. I'm just like, you know what? I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I know. got that. And then uh and then yeah, and then Zach Galifianakis who we don't uh, we don't understand that he is a character who struggles with alcohol or whatever. No. There isn't like Dane DeHaan has abused him and so he feels like, I deserve this drink. You know, it, yeah. it, it turns into Cinco de Mayo. Yes. It's it's nothing. It's just like something has to happen now because yes. something happens in these stories. Yeah. And then that happens. Well, and then they, they, they told him at the nunnery that it was an onion because they thought that he, this guy's an idiot and then he won't do anything with it. Well, then he freaking eats it. Well, it might have been an onion. Do you think it was an onion? Tortilla bulbs look like onions. Onions back then. Now we have like these giant, you know, cub onions or whatever. But like, okay. So he might have actually eaten. I think he might have actually it, eaten it. Thinking it was, no, I know, I know he ate it, but thinking it was the onion. Although, how drunk do you have to be to go, like, oh, this doesn't taste like an onion? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Why is there a bite mark in my million dollar tulip? Yeah, bulb? seriously. <laughs> um, but the, it just happened because it's supposed to happen. Yes. It isn't, it isn't that like, um, like Romeo and Juliet. Well, actually, they're they're star crossed. Yeah. No, Shakespeare is a hack. So Romeo and Juliet die. That you could argue they get they find themselves in this position because of the stars. Because they're dumb and they should just yeah. chill, put some ice on their crotches, and just chill out. Yeah, you could argue that for sure. And Romeo does. Um, maybe he is in a fatal mind because he thoughtlessly kills Paris. Yes. And so maybe he's like, well, she's dead. There's this nothing. I'm not going to jail. Yeah. I'm not going back. Right. So, you know, maybe those things contribute to him doing what he does. Cordelia dies just because shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't. I mean, obviously, she was put in a situation where she felt like there was no way out and she's in prison and all that stuff. She she doesn't know that that Kent and everybody's going to come and win. Yeah. So, yeah, those are examples in Shakespeare of like, yeah, you know, shit happens. Yes. But like you've got this character. He's played by an actor that you cast for a reason that we recognize. Mm -hmm. And we're just introduced to him as a full character in the very last act of the film. Yeah. And also he likes to drink and he's going to screw this up and he does. And so everything gets screwed up. But we don't really know him and know that he's going to screw it up. And just because the other characters tell us he's going to screw it up. 
Yeah. That, that's all. Yeah, that's it. That is introduced five minutes before he screws it up. Yeah, which yeah. is just like, well, this is going to go badly. Right. But like, he was never going to be like a big character in this. Yeah, I know. Because there are a million characters in this. Yeah. there. We are, never would have had time to even like. There are too many characters. There are too many things that could have been set up earlier that and then knocked out of the park, but weren't. So then we it took it felt very tedious, like you said. And then like there there were other notes too within the film that were supposed to be serious, but because of the acting or the timing of things came across as comedic unintentionally. Like there at least for me, like after she has had sex with a painter for the first time, there's a tulip in the room and it like <laughs> starts losing petals. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. Did that, did that on. tulip just slut shame me? I know. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like so heavy handed. And yeah. like the, the, you know, do you get it? Do you get it? And it's just like, let your audience believe that they get it. First of all. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Here, oh, I the, can't. This, yes. iTunes wouldn't take this, but here's a title. Dutch Masturbators. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that, honestly, that fits. Um, also, like. Yeah. There's. It, oh, oh, are you, were you going to talk about the fact that this. Uh, so the maid gets pregnant and then yes. the wife is going to pretend that she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah, like, yeah. this is kind of like a Shakespearean uh, goofy type thing. But we've got that fool the husband. We've yes. got. Um, for some reason, the painter is a painter. He's like a, you know, hey, girl, let's let's do it montage style, you know, for the first part of it. And then it's like, actually, no, I'm going to steal some bulbs and then I'm going to turn into like a bulbs trader. Then yes. it becomes like the Wolf of Wall Street. And then, and then we're going to do like a reverse Cinderella where like the lady of the house is doing all the work because the yes because the apparently the maid can't even though women worked pregnant they still work pregnant I know. but so she's like yeah a uh, little little uh, over still there dirty, tile still dirty over yeah there. could get the table do the windows too <laughs> so like it's like they probably thought like this movie has everything but it's just it's just way too, too many much hats. Yeah. To the point where they're going to do the switcheroo literally as the maid is about to give birth and she's moaning in pain. And then the wife is moaning in pain too. And it's like, that's not how sound works. I know. Either he hears a woman moaning in pain and thinks it's you or thinks it's your maid. But when you both moan in pain, they don't care. Oh, wait. No, actually, they cancel each other out. That's why all murderers scream while they're stabbing their victims. People go, oh, just one woman screaming, I guess. I, I know. <laughs> it's just... It? It's not great. And it's it was ask, like... It asks you to, to accept, like, this, yeah, the most ridiculous stuff. The most ridiculous stuff. And then, like, on top of that, it was some of the worst, like, oh, my God, my baby is coming right now acting I have ever seen um, from from Maria and then from Sophia pretending that the baby was coming. And then, like you said, just them screaming. At, it was just, like, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. It asks you to care about people that it has not sufficiently yeah. made us care about. I did think, and maybe it's because um, they're writing for fans of the novel, or maybe it's just Tom Stoppard is like, "Look, you, I'm Tom Stoppard. You watch my movies." Yeah. So, but I like that there were things in it that they didn't bother to explain. Apparently, that confused some people, like you. You're like, "Where's the guy go? Is he dead or something?" It's like, yeah. no, he that he was impressed. 
<laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. Yeah, right. Impressed into service on a ship. This would uh, happen to people sometimes. I, they would, that was a very unclear. That's how you get sailor. Nobody wants to be a sailor. It's, you know, you're out at sea for months. The food is bad. You have to work really hard. And the ship sinks and you're dead and nobody knows what happened to you. Okay. But so they would grab people and just, you know, kidnap them. Shang, that's being Shanghai'd. Uh, you would be, well, I don't think we use that anymore, but like, and so that's what happened to him. So that's how he's removed okay. from the thing. And it kind of makes sense in the story. But yeah, you were like, is he dead? Also, there's a guy who's, who was the guy who was, who was the floater that they pulled out of the canal? I don't know. Everybody in this movie is a blonde guy with a goatee. So was that like Matthew Morrison or who I was have, that guy? I have no idea. What was the idea. importance of that character? I, he, he went in there because of, he lost money on tulips was all that they said. Right, but he got I, his throat slit. I have slit. no idea who Somebody he was. Somebody slit his throat. Oh. Did like Cara Delevingne like rob him and slit his throat maybe or something? Maybe she robbed the other guy. So um, I don't know, maybe. Or somebody else did. According to Cara Delevingne, the real reason for her casting was that producer Harvey Weinstein sexually harassed her, attempted to kiss her without consent, and propositioned her for a threesome in a hotel room in exchange for a role. Ew. Why were you in this movie, Cara? Despite declining... Okay. okay. Uh, she was still casting the film, but says that she regretted it because she was terrified. Oh. I mean, that's look. horrible. It is. I feel bad for her. But yeah, I mean, like, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't. Yeah. Maybe she was terrified if she'd said no. Well, that's the that power point. dynamic here. Like, yeah. you are, uh, you know, Cara Delevingne. You have been in one, well, you're in The Fault in Our Stars, I guess. Uh, yeah. Or no, no. It's safe, it? safe homes. Safe safe houses. Some hate green thing. And then also you're you're in Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. And you are like the thing that people call out is like, look how bad this movie is. I She's know. just going. Movie's <laughs> got a lot of problems besides that. It it does. It has a lot of problems. And so you feel like you have to do this, even though this guy's like, eh, I'm gonna be in my movie. That's so I'll gross. be in this movie. <laughs> oh. I wonder if she was gonna be the Sophia role and then like she like turned it down. Um, interesting. Um, I just wonder, like, okay, I, I don't think this is not Tom Soppard's best work. Uh, but I do think that it's not necessarily acted super well or directed super well either. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, you kept talking about the girl with the pearl earring. And I think yeah. that, that um, is definitely of a kind with this film. But this film so. is actually directed by Justin Chadwick, who directed The Other Boleyn Girl. Oh, um, I've seen that too. Ha! Okay, um, real Johansson head. Yeah, I am. Um, that that was okay. I feel like that was better than the girl with the pearl earring, but it wasn't, and probably better than this. He was a TV director great. before this. No, really, and he directed uh, nine of fifteen episodes of Bleak House. Okay. Oh, that's that's a that's a bleak that, house. That house, pretty bleak. Yeah. You watched it. I did. You and don't I remember liked I know. I liked it. it. I liked it a lot. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Oh, but that house has bleak. And in the Dickens style, you yeah. get the thing where a person is like, Oh, they were orphaned at a young age or something yes. like that, or they were given up to an orphanage, and then you go through the story, and by the end of the story you realize that the rich person who's dying or whatever is the real mother of the yeah, main right. character, the Dickensian character. And so there is some sort of like connection there. And it's like, yeah. it's kind of trying to do that stuff, but it's not, it's not really, it's not pulling it off. No. 
and I, it, I do feel like it's really trying to be Shakespeare too, like really trying, you know. And and I don't think it's making it. And 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 also like the Christoph Waltz character is he supposed to be like a bad guy? Because he's like, oh, I treated my wife badly, and then <laughs> she, so she left me. And but I have also sinned. And I'm like, okay, what what did you what did you do? Did you have like extramarital affair as well? And no, we... he he thought he was a he's a religious guy. Yeah. And when his first wife wa- uh, was struggling in childbirth, right. He prayed that the child would survive. Yeah. You know, and take Lord take my wife if you if you have to. Yeah. And the wife and the child died. Right. And so he, we don't really see it. But he has been racked by guilt over this. Okay. And so he buys another wife thinking, I'm not going to get a baby. But yeah. he comes to fall in love with his wife. And like that's like that's a that's an interesting story. Yeah. But it's not hot and sexy. And so it's not no. what we would care about at all. I know. But like he doesn't – I don't think he treats her all that badly. She's not – she doesn't really like him is the problem. This movie was originally going to make – well, yeah. I mean we don't <laughs> – should just say, hey, look – Dumb, slutty ladies end up in convents. That's the way you got to go. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't have to get, right movie? Right? Yeah. Um, this movie was originally going to be made in 2004, so a long time ago. Wow. And it would have starred Jude Law, Kira okay. Knightley, uh-huh. and Jim Broadbent, presumably in the Christoph Waltz role. Okay. Interesting. Jim Broadbent. I guess I could kind of see that. Um, My little soldier's ready. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of scary. I actually could see Kira Knightley in the role. Um, <laughs> she's she's Jude played Law. this role a hundred times. She has. Yeah, and Jude Law. Um, yeah, but Jude Law's like, oh, the maid looks pretty good. That's a Jude <laughs> Law joke. Uh, it was going to wow. be directed by John Madden, director of Shakespeare in Love, okay. and Steven Spielberg was going to produce it. But days before the film started production, uh, the tax rules changed. In the UK, and they went, we're not doing the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that sucks. Um, it would have been a very different film, I think. Um, but the writing still wasn't great. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it would have been super different, or do you think it would have been about the same? Jude Law has more personality. Any, anybody, this table has more personality than Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Um. But he's got like an, an edge to him a little bit. Yeah. So maybe we would have got more, like, why can't the painter be not a good guy? He doesn't have to be a good guy. No. In yeah. fact, he it, literally it starts off and a character says to him, you have no passion or obsession. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, thank you, character who gives us what his arc is going to be. And yeah. you totally believe that he just really develops this passion. Like, he loves this woman. I know. We don't ever spend any time with him, he, really, apart from her. So you don't yeah. get a sense. But if he had been a guy who's like, we don't, maybe we don't want her to end up with this guy. Like mm-hmm. this guy is like not great. Yeah. And you know, I don't want her to be married to this guy that's thirty years older than her. It's a little weird. But maybe they could find you know a Some little more love ground. there. Yeah. Um, Jib Broadbent is a big lovable guy, so maybe that would have worked a little better uh, with him in that role. Yeah. Maybe. Would you? recommend this no yeah um unfortunately i do not have a fever over tulip fever i got a fever yeah and the only prescription is not watching tulip fever yeah don't watch this movie that's Um, my prescription it's not a 10 no a 10 is 
too low. It should not be a 10. It's not that bad. Yeah. It, it's just, it's that sad thing where you just see like, well, this, if this was like this and this is like this and exactly. why'd they do this? And it it looks great. I mean, it looks very dark. Like you can barely see it anything. I had to turn the brightness up on my TV to watch it. But like the production design is, is, is great. I mean, it looks very cool. It, like, you know, you believe that it's sort of that world. And I think that there is... I can't believe there hasn't been more stories made about about the tulip mania in this period. I think it has potential to be. I I think it, the subject matter is interesting, but they the way they told the story, yeah. yeah, potentially. But I, I feel like the way that they told the story, it, you didn't even care about the situation that much, you know. Yeah. So. I I don't know, like a stock market based on tulips. I mean, you kind of got something there, um, <laughs> but they didn't really go for it. So yeah, um, it's um, it's not great. So I guess no. I can't recommend it, but I do think that it is. Um, well, I mean, what are we going to go to bat for Harvey Weinstein's last film? Yeah, I I'm know. sure it's everybody involved is like, yeah, to, yeah, I'll talk about two people. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just a missed a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, how we've talked a little bit about how it could be fixed. How, how would you fix it? It's all in Dutch. Um, first of all, okay, it's all, all in the Dutch, actors so speaking then, Dutch, and then um, we don't have to deal with accents at all because um, it would just be everybody's natural accent. Um, what mostly? I, Zach, I Zach Galifianakis is just like yeah. Well, I'm from Northern California. No, it wouldn't. It would be different <laughs> actors then, right? Oh, 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 you're okay. So if it's, if it's oh, all in Dutch. Oh, interesting. So like if this was a uh, Paul Verhoeven. Uh-huh. <gasps> I just fixed it. You did. Paul Verhoeven yeah. does this. He he does another, hey, uh, Holland, you want a lot of uh, tourist money yeah. and, uh, and yeah. uh, production uh, money? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul Verhoeven directs this as a fully Dutch production yes um he could even keep some of the cast if he wants to he could you make it a little oh if it is a verhoven um it's 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 sexier oh yeah it is definitely sexier yeah like who are you like i mean it's already like r like who are you holding back for like get you know more erotic with it and then also it's (laughs) well i mean clearly they kind of wanted to but it's just not but they People are just wearing back. shirts in the entire time. Yeah. Uh, no shirts. And then um, and then like the ridiculous parts are more ridiculous. Yeah. So the Zach Galifianakis character is back. like completely is a completely ridiculous like person. Yeah. Um, the care of Delavine character is a ridiculous person. Like they play these like weird person shaped objects of like greed and lust that yeah. show up in these uh, Verhoeven type films. I think that that would be way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and things are obviously set up earlier um, to be taken down later, and um, barely. <laughs> Sometimes set up minutes before they're taken down. Yeah, well, we'll make it better in the Verhoeven version. So well, we're trying to right now. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. <laughs> um, uh, we're not gonna like overly sexualize the tulips. How about? <laughs> Um, um the, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, okay. We only sexualize oh, the tulips. Okay. And there's a long speech by Judy Dench's character, weirdly, the oh. mother superior, okay. about the trembling 
petals of the tulip. And how the... Okay. I asked for it, I guess. <laughs> this is my plan. All right. Um, and Dane DeHaan's like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, my God, Dane DeHaan. Let's just have sex with the flower. Uh, did you notice that since he's the, the 50 Cent Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and we have mentioned Wolf of Wall Street and Romeo and Juliet, both films that Leo was in. Leo! Um... And also, it reminds me of the scene in Titanic when he's like, oh, I'm going to sketch you, you know. So that's like three Leo movies. Yeah. Which Leo would never have done this. No. Leo knows knows too much. He's too, too, too savvy. He's too, he's too good at picking out scripts. Well, but... he's good at picking out scripts that let him... Do take a swing at thing. an Oscar and, and scream at people and, and yeah. do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. What if uh, the artist was a screamy Leo type character? Yeah. Yeah. And he's scratching, defy you stars. And he's screaming. <laughs> he's out it's out of her window. It's raining. He's like, yes. If you want to make it your, like Romeo and get Juliet, your boobies out. just do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. But like it doesn't even have that passion. It's a fever. It's a tulip fever. And the fever and never everybody breaks. is. <laughs> No, it does. In fact, there's a line at the entrance. She's like, the fever broke. And I'm like, were we tracking that? Where like, you, did you have a speech about how this love is like a fever? No. Like a fever for tulips. Yeah. And the only prescription yeah. is more Dane DeHaan. Did you notice too, like at the beginning, I thought this was maybe going to be a thing, but maybe I, it, it's, so it's like tulip fever and like the, um, the F was like a different color, like it was like red or something oh. like that. So then it was like ever, like forever or something. Like I don't know. Tulip. I was like reading into it. Tulip four stick. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the Josh Trank cut of this. Yeah. So I, I, you know, Verhoeven would make it more dramatic and historically resonant and entertaining. The tulip is like Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, tie it to the convent more. It I don't know. It comes over the water. Yes. You see, he is the Jesus. Yes. You should watch a Verhoeven interview sometime. Oh, yeah. He's great in interviews. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He's still still with us. I know. Still with us. I know. I Okay, we should watch the, the newer Verhoeven <laughs> We never did. We never watched Benedetta. I know. I, I just know. think of like it just sounds like uh, bayonetta. It <laughs> just does. Think of like a witch with guns. It does. <laughs> it does sound like that. Her clothes are made of the hair. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, I'll keep holding out for that Paul Verhoeven Bayonetta movie, but until then, <laughs> we got to put up with what we've got. Thanks for putting up with us, the Just Enough Trope podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, term, 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 Terminator. Tumblr, uh, probably term, term, too. Tumblr, yeah. all those places. Uh, follow us there, Just Enough Trope. Also, follow, follow us, uh, or subscribe to us, I should say, on your listening platform of choice. Mm -hmm. uh, when you subscribe to the show, it comes to you immediately. Uh, also, you know, we talk about this every week, but allow me to take a special pause here to say, give us a rating. Yes, please. That really helps us out. That's really going to help us. That's going to let uh, our, the, the, we get a fever, a fever for more ratings. Yes. Uh, let's the algorithm know that we're doing a good job. You know, we move up in the ranks, and it just looks good. looks good to have a nice... 
a nice high rating there. So mm-hmm. give us uh, five bulbs. Now you got these bulbs. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. The bulbs become tulips, tulips eventually. Yes. And so when you've got like a bulb, it's like, oh, there's this, this bulb could be a great tulip. It could. Now, are you going to, they didn't talk about pollination. They didn't talk about like no. breeding. No, the I one feel guy's like, like a lot of stuff he, the one guy like about. he just sells him fifty white tulips because he's like, yeah, yeah, white tulips are like the you know, peanut butter and jelly of tulips. Yes, but then one of them's like, uh oh, it's got red in there, and people yes. like the white and red, and he's like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been, but it's only one. Yeah, so if you crossbreed it with other tulips, the chance I'm not going to do a Mendelian square, but the chances yeah, are not good. That I mean, if you've just got one bulb, it's like that's all it is. I don't think that they really, yeah, they didn't really go into it all that much. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they made really it like sound like that was the first time it happened. Carefully delineate like the economic yes. sort of circumstances and the potential of having these. And uh, the genetic yeah. And who wants to get examples. into that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I read a really bad book, speaking of bad modern books. Oh, boy. About a geneticist who was a uh, dwarf. Okay. Uh, and so he's... You know, dealing with that, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and sure. then it, it's cross-cut with a literal historical story about Gregor Mendel growing his peas and like kind of what? having like a will they won't they with a countess, but they won't because he's you know a monk or whatever. Okay. And uh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay. I I mean. It does. See is how it has the potential when somebody's smothering somebody with a pillow, like all good <gasps> slash bad. Modern stories. So oh don't God. do that. Give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. The fault is not in our stars. No. It's in giving uh, us five stars. Yeah. If you don't give us stars, it's in your fault. It's your fault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Oh.